Hi there, it's Mark Fig, and welcome back to The Hobbyist Hangout, a podcast for the professional hobbyist in us all. So excited to be back on this podcast. It has been quite a long time. I got the podcast up and running so quickly. It was like an idea one day, and then the next day I I had everything created, and then in like a week I had episodes recorded, and I thought that I was going to be able to really keep up with this podcast at first, but I quickly realized, as most of us probably do as we pick up more hobbies, (laughs) is that they all start to pile up and I had to prioritize certain things over others. And unfortunately, this podcast was one of those things that got deprioritized just because it was new and because I was also committed to a number of other things. I mean, in 2021 alone, I have you know really been focusing on my Instagram account. Super excited that I just reached 20,000 followers on there. It's been a almost five-year journey of that, and it was just a really exciting milestone. I was on the Archer and Olive Design team this year, and that, while incredibly fun, also is a priority. I'm on a team. I want to make sure that I'm hitting all of my commitments and getting my blog posts and videos and things done, Um, and then YouTube as well, and that's actually the topic of today, as a matter of fact, is we're going to be talking about my hobby of YouTube, but that's something that I've been working on throughout this year, and About halfway through this year, I had to change my posting schedule. I had been posting one video a week for over a year to keep consistent, to get as much content out there as possible, to grow that subscriber base as well. But that's a lot of work. And holding a full-time job and having a family and also trying to record, edit, and get all these videos out was a lot for me. So I reprioritized myself. I kind of have myself in a much better space today. But, you know, it's still going on. All those things are still happening, except for the design team thing. But that's a story for another day. But today I wanted to talk to you about my hobby of YouTube and being on YouTube I was reading an article the other day on Media Kicks that said 75% of children who are ages between 6 and 17, they want to become YouTubers. And it's pretty incredible. I have two young kids who watch a lot of YouTube as well. They're watching videos on Minecraft and they're watching videos on makeup tutorials and they're doing all of these things. But I feel like more and more being a YouTuber as a career path is something that a lot of people see and they want to do, which is pretty incredible. So the article said that one in three aspire to be a YouTuber, one in five desire to be a blogger or a vlogger, one in six would like to be a pop star or a movie star, one in seven want to be a doctor or a nurse, TV host or some type of athlete or teacher, and then one in 15 aspire to be a lawyer. I feel like all of those are pretty incredible things. And as a young kid, I know that I wanted to aspire to be famous as well. And that's what I think a lot of people get into YouTube for. I know for myself, it was very much about getting myself out there more for the first year of YouTube, which we're going to get into in just a second, because that's how it all got started. It was just my hands and me planning out my bullet journal. I had spent a lot of time on YouTube, especially as I was about to get started with my account and checking out the other creators out there and what they were doing. And so many of them were doing plan with me's. And that's what I saw a lot of people were interested in. And I was like, well, that's what I have to do. And so, you know, I decided that I was going to kick up a YouTube channel. And I started that in 2018. That was my big thing. My big goal in 2018 was to start a YouTube channel, which I did. Before I got started with my YouTube channel, I had a pretty good running Instagram. So it was easy to pick a name 
name for that. So if you're ever interested in checking out the YouTube, youtube.com slash men who bullet, plenty of videos there. So January 7th, 2018, I actually posted a flip through of my bullet journal at the time. And I'll tell you that setup, if you watch that very first video, I mean, that's using one of those gooseneck phone holders over top of my kitchen countertop, just flipping through something. I didn't talk. I actually had post-it notes throughout the entire thing because I wasn't ready to start talking on my YouTube videos. I didn't know what I was doing with my YouTube, to be completely honest. So it was kind of a big deal for me to kind of understand what I wanted and how I wanted to do it. If you didn't know this already, I have a background in broadcasting. I actually worked in radio for about five, six years after high school. I went to school for it. I worked in radio. I was on air. Uh, I worked on a rock station, a hip-hop station, and a top 40 station during my time. And I love broadcasting. It's one of the reasons I wanted to also get this podcast going, too, because I really miss doing that type of thing. But I didn't have any issue with talking necessarily, but it was more about the equipment or the things that I thought that I needed to get up and running. But I decided to use what I had to get started. I had my phone. At that point, I think I had a iPhone 7 Plus, I guess, was the big one. This was before they moved into the Pro versions of their phone. So it was a big phone and it had the telephoto lens and other things. And honestly, the the video capture for those phones is great, was great, still is great, honestly, compared to a lot of other things. So that's really what I did. I just used that gooseneck phone holder and propped my phone up and just faced it down. And that's how I did a lot of my overhead plan with me videos. And I just was talking the same way I am now without a nicer microphone or anything else, but still just talking into my phone and, and going through things and then editing it on my phone. I've been a longtime user of InShot. I think I started with like the free plan and then eventually I realized it's not terrible to go ahead and get into paying for an app, especially if you're going to use it a lot, and I did. What's been so fun and interesting about YouTube for myself is definitely how many views that you're getting. I thought that I was gonna skyrocket on YouTube because here's a guy doing bullet journal videos. Everyone's gonna love this, but I learned that a lot more goes into that. And also what's interesting is sometimes it's completely out of your control what people are going to like. I have that very first video that flipped through that I put up there and it's, you know, done whatever. But then on January the 8th, I officially posted my first, what I called episode one of my plan with me's. And that video, I don't know why or how, <laughs> oh, I know how, but I don't know why in the past, you know, three years that that's been up there, it has accumulated 38,000 views and it's just a plan with me video. And it's just one because every single thing that comes after that maybe at most has like maybe a thousand views. Some of them, you know, have a little bit more, a little bit less than that. But um, <laughs> that's it's just that's all I did for a certain amount of time. And it's kind of crazy to me that that video has done as well as it has because it's pretty basic. You know, it, it's just an episode one. But, but what I've noticed over time is that you start to understand what people like and maybe what they don't like as much. I have plenty of videos that have not done well and some that have done pretty great. So, you know, between January of 2018 and all the way until 2020, I only posted videos of overheads, of me working on things. And I, Mark, was never on camera. It's only ever been my hands. That had been it. 
So from 2018 to June 15th of 2020, everything had been done using a gooseneck, phone holder, a desk light, and my iPhone. And I edited everything on my phone as well inside of InShot. So then I made a big change. June 30th, 2020, I took the next step in my YouTube hobby and I put my face on the screen. Why did I do that? Well, there was kind of, well, two reasons, I'll say. The first reason is that I felt like it was time to let people know that there was a person behind the bullet journal. Everyone had been seeing my bullet journal on Instagram, but not me. They saw my hands, I guess. And same thing on YouTube. They had seen my hands. They had heard me talk, but they had never seen me. And so at that point in time, in you know, the summer of 2020, I decided that I was going to start to show my face a bit more and be more of a personality along with the bullet journal as well, because I am a personality and I can admit that. So I decided that I was going to take my YouTube hobby a step further. But that next step came with challenges. And this is really where I feel like this hobby of video and audio and content creation really kicked off. Because now with showing my face with paying a lot of attention to what was happening inside of the YouTube community, I needed to suddenly take on a little bit more from a standpoint of equipment. I will say that this entire time that I have been doing all of these things, I had basically zero budget to do them. I used the phone that I have, like I said. I bought a gooseneck phone holder. And other than that, it was my notebooks is really the cost. And even early on, I remember my wife saying, like, this isn't going to be your thing. Like, you're not going to become some YouTuber. So you don't need to buy all this equipment to do this. Like, you probably won't even stick with it. And she's not totally wrong from a standpoint that I do jump around from hobby to hobby. And I also agree that you don't want to go all in on those hobbies. You and I know that both, especially when you find something new. It's easy to go all in. It's easy to buy all of the equipment and then, you know, a month later, like totally drop something. And then you have, you know, hundreds of dollars of equipment that you are just not using anymore. And when it comes to video equipment, oh my goodness, have I learned a lot about cost because there's different ways that you can go into it. So here's what I really wanted to focus on as I was going into it. You know, I was watching videos and I was seeing a few things that I wanted to try to emulate. First, I wanted a cool background, no matter what. I love watching videos online where people have like these amazing backgrounds, especially in the bullet journal community and planners and lifestyle. It's like bright and white and perfect. And while I can appreciate that and it's wonderful to look at, I wanted something different. I wanted what all of these video YouTubers were doing. They had cool lights in the background. They had cool backgrounds. They were dark and they were moody and um, they had just a really cool vibe about them. And I wanted to try to figure out how to do that. But not having any type of video editing, true video production education. Again, everything I have done, I'd learned, you know, earlier in my career while I was in radio, I was also doing some video editing for a company and I was learning as I was going. I didn't know what in the world I was doing, but I was taught some of it. So I've always had that video bug there, but I needed to learn more. So I decided that I was going to go to the place 
that I was going to be, which was YouTube, as we all do when we're trying to learn something new or find something out. Let me just tell you that I found somebody online who has helped me more than almost anybody else. And I don't even know him like personally. I know him through his videos. But Ben Johnson has been my go-to guru for so many things within this video production YouTube space. So if you aren't already following Ben Johnson, you need to go find him online because his Lighting for YouTube video is amazing. And when I first saw that video, it probably had maybe like 10,000 views or so, which I thought was amazing. That video now has 2.2 million views as of this moment in time. And there's a reason why it does is because Ben does such a good job of talking about the basics of lighting setups and how you can do that and how you literally can change the entire look of your video just with lighting. He talked about backlighting. He talked about three-point lighting. And I had to do all of this with no budget still. So it was very interesting on what I started to do. Oh, gosh. And just looking back on my first video where I showed my face, it wasn't awesome. But, you know, it, it, it was fun, though, nonetheless. And I've learned so much over time, too, about all of these things. So that first video that I created where I showed my face, I had a backlight. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is embarrassing is what it is. But the backlight that I was using in that video was actually a grow light that I had for my succulents in my office at the time. I wanted to get that cool colored background, so I thought, let's turn on this grow light, which gave off like this purplish hue. It did not do what it needed to do. It also didn't get the effect I wanted because I was still filming on my, my phone. But I still did it. I had some natural light coming from a window. I turned on the lights in my basement to kind of give myself the light that I thought I needed. And then I set up my phone. And this was honestly the hardest part. And I've definitely spent more time thinking about my video equipment. And I'll tell you about what I have now. But for the longest time, and still today, even, I film a lot with my iPhone. So at that point, iPhone 7 Plus is what it was. I was actually filming on my forward-facing camera. And the forward-facing camera on the iPhone, it's not horrible, right? It's still 1080p HD video on that forward-facing camera for that phone. But I wasn't getting the quality that I really wanted from that. And I think the only way for me to get that was to face the phone the other way and to somehow figure out how I was going to make all of that work. But also there were some other things that I needed to do. And I also had help from a lot of my friends as well. Two of them specifically, my buddy Dom, who I work with, he teaches audio. He is a manager of a video team. Like he knows what's up. And I relied on him heavily as I was trying to figure this out, not just on the video equipment, but then I also started to take a look at editing software and learn Adobe Premiere or learn Final Cut Pro. And so he was my guy that I would always like hit up or call or be like, hey man, can you tell me about color correction? Can you tell me the right way that I should be setting up my microphones because things sound off? Um, and then my other buddy, Bryant, who goes by that journaling guy on Instagram, he was another guy that I really 
relied on as well. He was my hype man as I was doing this. Him and Dom, really, both of them would be like, I saw your video, man. You're doing so good. Each one looks better than the next. And that just made me feel so good. But both of them were helpful for me because both of them are aware of video equipment and what works and um, you know different apertures and ISO levels and all these different things. And I learned a lot from them. So I would say, too, if you're ever thinking about or picking up this YouTube hobby, you know, rely on your friends. You know, Find good people that give good content that you can also connect with if you have questions. Because between Dom, between Bryant, and between Ben, those that trifecta of people in my life really helped me take that next step into what was going on. As I was just mentioning, that video quality was the thing that really took me even into that next step because I wanted to try to find a way to get better video quality, but still only using my phone. That's that's all that I still had as I was going through until I eventually got a camera, which happens almost at the end of the story because that's still relatively new. But this obsession with YouTube and video quality really got me thinking about what were some other alternatives out there that I could start to play around with and use. As I mentioned, I was using my forward-facing camera because I needed to see myself on the screen so that I knew that I was in frame because that's kind of important whenever you're doing videos. But I wanted the backwards camera, the back-facing camera. That's the camera I needed and wanted because that was going to give me better video quality. So I did some research. I asked some of my friends, and I ended up using an app called Filmic Pro. And what's cool about this app is that it really does kind of unlock the video potential on your phone. It allows you to really control the little idiosyncrasies within video, lighting temperature, your frame, your ISO, like all of these different things you can play around with and tinker with inside of there. Now, this is where I started to get into a little bit of cost, though, because this is an app. It's not a free app. So the app itself was $14.99, and I bought it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to get it because this is just going to help me out here. I need, I wanted to take it to the next level and I bought it. And then I was like, okay, so I have this $15 app. I've unlocked the potential of my backwards camera, the, the good camera on my phone. I can't see myself. And I even at one point tried to set up, <laughs> this is so silly now, but I tried to set up a mirror behind my phone so that I could look in the mirror to see the screen of my phone (laughs) to make sure that I was in frame. Oh my goodness. No, that was a bad idea. And what was cool though, is I was like, all right, well, what else can I do? And what's cool is that Filmic Pro actually has a, a companion app, a remote app. It costs extra as well, but you can put that on your iPad and use that as a monitor and control all of the features of the app that are on your phone through this companion app. So I made the decision to do that. And I'll tell you, it was a very good decision for me because I personally feel like that helped take me to the next level. And I felt very confident about what I was doing. I was also learning so much. And that's the other thing about hobbies like this. You are still educating yourself. And this was always my excuse for my wife as well. Oh, I'm learning about video production. Oh, I'm learning about this. Meanwhile, I'm like, hey, I got my eyes on that uh, these cam these video cameras. Uh, you know, they cost five six hundred dollars. Um, oh, I'm looking at this lighting setup. Yeah, it costs a few hundred dollars to. And it was always like, but 
you're not really doing anything with this though. Like you're spending more money than you're potentially making, which isn't untrue. I mean, with YouTube specifically, and if you're not aware of this, monetization is the name of the game when it comes to YouTube. And when you're first starting inside of YouTube, you know, you're not necessarily making money. So to spend more money than you're making can be a hard thing to sell, you know? <laughs> and for me personally, it wasn't up until, you know, this year, throughout this year, that I actually started to like pay attention to what was happening because, you know, every now and again, I'd be like, oh, you know, after the past three months, you made $50 off of your monetization. Congrats. And that was still cool to me. I mean, I'm not on YouTube to, well, I, I'm kind of there to make money. <laughs> Because now that I've been doing it for a while and I have like a handful of videos that do really well, I mean, there's definitely some good change that can come from videos like that. You know, my one video that has done the best consistently, and it was one of those videos too that I had no expectations that I was going to do it, um, but it's my, it's my YouTube video that I have where I set up a bullet journal inside of a lined notebook it's called a beginner's 2021 bullet journal setup that video currently has 63,000 views and i posted that a year ago which is insane because then my second most viewed video that bullet journal plan with me episode one that has 38,000 views was made three years ago I had zero idea that the video, the beginner's journal setup was going to take off the way it did, but it's been pretty cool. But even that video though, like it, it's so funny to, to think back on that and be like, wow, what was I using? I look back all the time and I say that, and you can even see in the quality of that video, if you do watch it, especially that versus like my more recent ones, the difference, because what happened is, is I started to move away from just the overhead, kind of what it was, I started to invest more inside of myself. Like I said, I believe that that one actually I use Filmic Pro for. I also purchased myself a lav mic, so I got a wired one. So it goes from your phone and it plugs into your lightning port, and then it has a really long cord, and then the microphone clips either onto your shirt or, oh my gosh, I used to tape it to my chest and pull off some chest hair every time I did a video, but just to kind of hide it underneath my shirt. But it is definitely something that made the videos a little bit better. I record in my basement, whereas my you know quote-unquote studio is, and it's a large area that's echoey. So I was doing everything to try to get better audio as well, and that lav mic definitely helped me out. I still use that to this day, honestly, especially for my overheads now. But you know, as I'm going through all of this, and sorry to go on that tangent there, but I do think it's important kind of in the story of how this hobby has built on itself. So far, we've talked about getting started, which was really just that overhead using my iPhone 7 Plus to record everything. Then, you know, upgrading my phone, which what I have now, um, which is the Pro, which I have the, what is it, 11 Pro, I guess it is now. Then purchasing the app, Filmic Pro, which helped me out a lot too. And that's what I wrote on for about a year, I think it was. Because then towards the end of last year, so the end of 2020 into 2021, I decided that I was going, I feel like a kid, I was going to ask for things for Christmas, 
But when you have family and friends that are asking you what you want, you can only say so many blue sweaters, right? I was like, no, this is something I've kept up with. This is something I enjoy doing. I love video production and and doing that type of thing and audio production. So I decided that I was going to ask for a few more things. So I did. I asked for a ring light. So it was about a 14-inch ring light that I got that I was going to use and still use to this day. I also was starting to look into some backlights because that uh, <laughs> that purple hueish grow light that I was using it wasn't cutting the mustard. It it was embarrassing. So I also found some really cool LED backlights that I decided that I was going to try out as well. And a lot of these things, if you're interested, and I'm only sharing this with you just from a standpoint of like, you're. I'm telling you, I'm grassrootsing this. I started with barely anything, and I've learned over time on what I could do. And I always tried to find a good budget version of things too. Um, I put a lot of these items over on my Amazon shop. So if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash men who bullet, I actually have an entire studio section there that talks about the different items that I've used over time and that work pretty well. So I asked for the ring light. I asked for these LED backlights. And then I wanted to get even more professional, but I wanted to get a better camera. And let me just tell you that these cameras can get so expensive and I wasn't really prepared. I thought that I was going to be able to find a good YouTube camera for like 150 bucks or $200. And I think there are ones out there that were okay, but I also wanted to find one that was going to last, that could do certain things that I needed to do. So I went and read things online. I spent a lot of time actually reviewing and watching videos from other video creators on YouTube because I feel like these people know what's up. This is their bread and butter. This is their hobbies. These are things that they're interested in, and they're going to know what is best because perhaps it's what equipment they're using. I, much like probably everyone else, sees people using certain products and thinks, well, if I use that product, it's going to make me a better whatever. I think about that a lot with like bullet journaling as a great example. You see someone with like a really nice pen. You're like, if I get that pen, I'm going to be great. And then you get the pen and you're like, I love this pen, but my handwriting is crap. And the other person's handwriting is really good. And that's why. And I think it's the same thing that's going to go for video as well, is that it's not just about picking up a camera and hitting record and suddenly you have these beautiful, amazing YouTube videos. That's not it at all. Your lighting counts, your audio counts, you know, the, the, the ambiance that you're creating all make a big difference. So I just spent a little bit of time there. And, you know, some of them... I don't know. I was kind of blown away, but like there was a Sony camera I was looking at and I was like, this is the camera for me. And then you click on the link and you go to find out that it's like a $1,200 camera. And I knew that nobody was buying that for me. And I know my wife would laugh me off this planet <laughs> thinking that I was going to ever be purchasing a you know $1,200 camera. Though there were some other ones, though, there was a Canon, like, G7X. Uh, there's so many, like, numbers and letters in these cameras. And that one was, like, 750 and it had great reviews um, and were good as well. And then I just started just going through 
I'm not going to sugarcoat. I mean, I was like, what's a budget-friendly YouTube camera? Like, what's the best for the least amount of money? I don't know that I necessarily landed on the best for the littlest amount of money, but I did end up landing on the Canon M50. This is, from what I understand, a very popular or was a very popular camera to use. It has the flip out screen. It records good video. It has a lot of options. It's a great camera as well as a video camera as well. But there's also some definitely some downsides to it from a standpoint that you can only record 20 minute blocks at a time. So for myself, if I'm recording something that has a lot of my, my face, I need to set a timer for myself because after 20 minutes, it will automatically stop and I don't want to keep talking and it not be recording. But other than that, it does a lot of the things that I need it to do and I really love because I still use my phone for my overhead shot. So anytime on any of my YouTube videos where you see me flip to that overhead shot, that's on my phone. And that's all that I really need, honestly. So my equipment setup really consists of a handful of things. I'll say the two most important things are the Canon M50 that I have for a lot of my like talking headshots. That has been a great investment and will forever until I don't even know when be the camera that I'm using. I don't know that we'll ever get to a point where like there's something even better. I'm sure there will be, but for right now, that's doing more than enough than I need. And then I have my phone and I use my phone for all of my top-down shots. I did invest and I did get that ring light. And what was cool is the ring light came with a camera holder on it. When I do those overheads, my phone fits right on top of there. I have the ring light on my book and it works really nice. And then from a microphone standpoint, I still use that wired lav mic that I was talking about before for a lot of my overheads. Um, but then recently I just invested in a Rode microphone that I use a lot now um, just to up that, that audio deal. But it still just plugs into my camera or plugs into my phone. I don't have any type of special setup for that at all. One day, maybe. But for right now, it's doing okay. And then other than that, my lights have really been my, my prime thing. I use the ring light for part of my three-point lighting setup whenever I'm doing my talking headshot. So I'll set up my ring light on one side. I have a reflector that I also purchased that I use sometimes that I set up on the other side to reflect the light from the one. So it's like if you don't have enough money to buy like all of these lights, you can get like one good light and then use a reflector on the other side of you. And that's like a whole other YouTube video that you can watch. That's what I had to do. But it will reflect that light on the other side of your face so you don't have harsh shadows. That way you don't have to buy another light to do that for you. I do have a desk light that I purchase that I use often. Um, and I just have like a little like popover diffuser that I use for that. So it's not so like harsh on my, my face. But I use kind of a mix of those things. And then I have my backlights, those LED lights. They've come to be known like as my, not my brand, but it's, uh, I use them all the time, both for my YouTube videos. And I used to use them at work when I was on video while we've been working remote for these past years, I had my working office space down in the basement where I was also recording my YouTube videos and things at night and on the weekends. So I would just pop on those led lights and everybody was like, Whoa, your setup looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, well, I have it, so I might as well use it. Uh, and it became really a big part of that. But that's really all that I have for my setup. I don't have a crazy, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I really am kind of bare bones in it. 
I would say not bare bones in it. I would probably say that I'm doing okay. I have a modest setup on a low budget. My camera is the only thing that I've invested in that I can honestly say was like a really big buy for me. Other than that, everything else has really just been doing its job. You know, a $60 ring light, uh, $40 backlights, you know, like that's kind of what I've been rolling with. And it's been awesome for me and something that I've considered about maybe doing some videos about on YouTube about like, hey, here's what my setup looks like. But I don't know that that's really the place for me. Like that's not really my niche market is video setups, but I do like to share things on what I am doing, especially around this because it's fun. It's a hobby. It's what we're talking about here, right? Is we have these different things that we get into. So I thought the podcast might be a good spot instead to share this information versus a video. But, you know, I'm always down for comments. If you think that would be something you'd be interested in learning more about, you know, like this grassroots, low budget setup for YouTube videos. But it's been really awesome, like I said. And and it's been cool, too, because as I've grown more, I've started to focus not less on the video. I've kind of set up my baseline for the video recording and my process and how I edit. Um, now I've really been focusing more on kind of the SEO and the tagging and the thumbnail part of YouTube, because that's another part of this machine that I don't think a lot of people think about, is that along with recording yourself, you also have to be really good at taking a look at analytics and SEO, which is search engine optimization. So the titles on these YouTube videos, until you're at like a Mr. Beast level where you could put three exclamation points on a video and get 10 million views in 30 minutes, you have to work really hard to get to that point. It's important to pay attention to what else is out there. What are people searching for? How are they finding it? And then also the thumbnail part of this too. I've gone back and forth with thumbnails as well, where I've put myself holding the notebook or the thing, or I've just done photos of the book going into the videos. There's kind of different ways that you can approach it and different feedback that I've gotten from others as well of like, hey man, people aren't here for you. They're here for your bullet journal. So just show your bullet journal. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but isn't that what everyone else is doing though? And also I'm one guy amongst a handful of people that I can even think about that are in bullet journaling talking about it. So I feel like that helps me stand out a little bit more when you see like, that's a guy doing bullet journaling. What's he's talking about versus just what my bullet journal looks like opened up with some office supplies scattered around it for a photo. So it's been really interesting and I'm continuing to learn every single day on this. My This hobby has been a part of my life now it has gone from just something I've been like, oh, I'll try this out to see what happens. And now it's moved into just a part of my week to week setup of, okay, what video are we putting out in the next two weeks? What are we doing? What products are we talking about? How are we doing it? And I love the ability to change that and fool with it and tinker with it as a hobby. It's pretty awesome because this isn't my full-time job. I do this for fun. And I want to make sure that it stays fun. Yeah, sometimes it's aggravating. Sometimes it gets on my nerves. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, this video editing is taking forever. Or something didn't record. Or this audio sounds like crap. Uh, but they're all like fun problems to try to solve. 
um, I don't hate it. So that's another reason why I love talking about it because it is fun. And I'm not like a really techie guy. I can talk about some of these things that I've learned about over time and how to use the equipment the right way. But I don't know about the little idiosyncrasies and like details of these things. But there are some amazing people online that that certainly can talk about these type of things. And I appreciate them so much and their patience as well, especially my friends that have helped me out over time as we've gone through this. So that's going to wrap up today's topic of YouTube as a hobby for me and just sharing my experience doing that. I would love to hear from you as well on if you've gone through a similar thing or if you've gotten into any type of certain hobbies around YouTube or video or audio and just hear from you about what you've learned about yourself through it. I know for myself that I've learned a lot about the technical aspect of things and I've really enjoyed educating myself on that. I've also learned that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to make quality YouTube videos that you can use your phone and a good audio setup with one light and do amazing. You don't need a full production setup to make that happen. And that for me was something that I really didn't understand at first and that I've really loved that I've learned that because early on I thought I needed to spend five, $6,000 to put out my very first video on YouTube. And I can tell you now in hindsight, you really just need your phone and like a light and you can do great things. The content is what people are looking for, but you don't need to be perfect to get started. Go back and look at my videos, hit the sort button, sort oldest to newest and take a look at how I started. And you can literally see the progression as I've learned more and more over time. And it's pretty awesome. And take a look at the dates on those. This has been, I've had a YouTube for over three years and it, you know, wasn't until recently, like this past year that I really feel like I've gotten a handle on what that setup looks like. And I'm still always trying to find better ways to do it. But that's a part of a hobby, right? We're always trying to learn new things and do new things. So thanks so much for listening and uh, going through this journey with me today. Hopefully for yourself, it was helpful and saying, yeah, I've been there, or, oh, I'm about to go down this path. This has been good to know. In the future of this podcast, and something that I want to make a promise to you about, is that I want to pick this up more. I don't know the exact cadence just yet, but I will promise you that it will be more than two times a year (laughs) because up until now, that's exactly what this podcast was. Two episodes and then a really long break and now I'm back. But this is something that I actually want to do in 2022 as a promise to myself is to do this more because I really, really enjoy doing this. And I'm also really excited because I have a handful of individuals that have told me they would love to be on this podcast with me. And I'm really excited to talk to them, both about their hobbies, but I also know that this podcast might turn into a little bit more about bullet journaling and planning. And I know that I have plenty of content to speak to versus me sitting here thinking, well, I don't have another person to talk to 
or another topic to cover because I only have this many hobbies for myself. So I'm excited for the evolution and I am hope that you're here for me on this ride because I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I can't wait for more of these in the future. So thank you so much for listening today and hanging out and being a part of this as a fellow hobbyist. I know you know the struggles of having too many of them and this is just the reality of that is that uh, some of them will be put on the back burner but they don't go away forever. There's still an interest there and then sometimes we pull them to the front. So excited to pull the the podcast back to the front for sure. If you aren't already following me on other socials, I'd love to have you a part of the crew. You can follow me on Instagram at men who bullet. You can also check out my YouTube videos at youtube.com slash men who bullet and blogs and other video content at men who bullet.com. Thank you again so much for hanging out and I'll talk to you in the near future. I promise.